sometimes that is better. Under the outdoor with the steamboats, ancient goblins and wild oats. Come at the grand line making a sound. The smell of death is all around. And at night when the cold wind blows, no one cares, nobody knows. I don't wanna be buried in a pet cemetery. Do you want to be buried in a pet cemetery? Wow. No, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that answer. So the Ramones playing us in this week. Welcome to the Home Wrecker Podcast, everybody. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. Another one of my favorites. See what I did there? And I'm joined this week, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, amazing, gorgeous, trophy wife, Monique. Hello. Hi. Is it me, or did the, as always, sound a little bit disappointed? Not disappointed, just a little off. You're throwing me off. You throw me off my rhythm. Oh. Goodness. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, as you can tell by the song that is slowly fading out right now, this week we're talking Pet Cemetery. But we're not just talking about... Well, we're not really talking about the book. We're really just talking about the movies because neither one of us has read the book. No. I wanted to, but there are a lot of pages. Like a really lot of pages. Like a really lot of pages. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we. Books are hard. So we watched the movies. I'm just going to keep on rolling here. So we watched the movies. We watched the original. It came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. And then 30 years later. Out came the remake. So yeah. Just this past spring, celebrating the 30-year anniversary of the original, we've got the remake. So we decided, hey, let's watch these. And what the heck? It's it's getting to be that time of year when scary movies are a thing again. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else listening, but for me, this time of year, right around my birthday time is when I start to get into the, all right. Time to break out the horror movies. Time to try to get scared watching some movies. That's just me. I mean, I think a lot of people, they kind of get into that spirit when it, when autumn comes around and the leaves start changing colors and falling off the trees. We get into the Halloween spirit and start to watch some scary stuff. That's one of the perks of living in New England is you have that creepy Halloween factor. The cold, crisp air, the beautiful leaves falling from the trees, pumpkins. Yes. 
it is nice. It's one of the things I enjoy about being here for sure. But then what happens after when it starts getting really cold and the snow comes in, it's no fun. Well, let's not but anyway, get, let's, let's not, not get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not get too off track here. So we decided that actually it was your idea. You wanted to see the new pet cemetery, then watch the old one and kind of compare the two. Now, I saw the original one, but it was so long ago. I barely remembered it. So it, watching it again was like kind of watching it for the first time because I really didn't remember it at all. Obviously, neither one of us seen the new one until we decided to watch it just a few days ago. What we're going to do is a bit of a movie comparison and review, I guess. So this is going to be spoilerific. Yes. Lots of spoilers because we're just going to be picking this thing apart. In recent episodes, we've been kind of toning down the language a little bit. Now, both of these movies are rated R, so there may be a little bit of... Colorful language. Colorful language, some explicit language, just describing some of the things, maybe some of the remarks of different characters. I don't know. So we might swear. I'm just giving everybody a heads up in case there's any young ones listening and you want to maybe hit pause and come back later when the young ones aren't around, or if they are around and you don't mind them hearing the words, well, we've given you our warning. Mm-hmm. As we said before, neither one of us have actually read the book, which the movies are based on. Stephen King actually, he did the screenplay for the first one, right? Yes. For the first movie, the 1989 Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. He wrote the novel, but he did the screenplay, whereas the second one, there was two screenplay writers, but do you want to get into who did what and what movie? Well, I mean, I think we just give kind of a general overview of it, and then we can get into specifics as well, but I think, so I know that for the first one, he turned down a a bunch of money and took $1,000 for the screenplay as long as he could, or, or excuse me, for the rights of the movie as long as he could write the screenplay and have final say on any changes or anything. That's something that I'd read. The first movie is more of a, I guess, what's Truer the word? version to the book? I, I guess it's a little truer to the book. It's as close to the book as can be. Because, more of his vision? Yeah, because, I mean, he wrote it and approved all changes, like I said. And I know in the second one, he didn't write the screenplay at all they, yeah. they made a lot of changes but from what i understand and here, here we go with some colorful language he fucking loved it which i thought was amazing after watching it but yeah he loved it his words i fucking loved it okay yeah a little a little i mean we're obviously going to talk about both of these movies but that i found pretty interesting pretty fascinating and i know that doing a little bit of research and a little bit of reading when Pet Cemetery the book came out, it was one of those things that it was it was marketed as the scariest book he'd ever written, the book that scared him the most. And so I thought that was kind of fascinating too. I, I don't know if either one of these movies was the scariest thing I've ever seen. I wonder if the reason why people find it so scary is because most horror movies, books, there's a villain, right? Yeah. There's no real villain other than death itself. And that's something that everyone has to deal with at one point or another. They deal with it throughout their lives when they lose loved ones or pets. And eventually they will die. To me, the villain of the movie, in a sense, is death. Which can be very scary for people to have to I, witness, I guess. Whether it be in a novel or a movie. 
maybe i i don't know i i know that king himself said that it was the scariest book he'd ever written and it was basically it was based off of something that happened to him in real life with, with which is, i guess it that, that his would daughter's be, cat and hit the, by a car and the fact that his son almost got hit by a car yep. by a truck and he yeah. tackled him right before he got to the road mm-hmm. so kind of what he wrote into the book and what, what you see in the movie it, or the original movie i should say uh yeah it was kind of something that was based off of something that happened to him so he basically explored what would have happened had he not gotten to his son in time and his son would have been run down by a truck he turned that into a book so i can see where he might again probably just a lot of marketing around the book but i could see where that would be maybe one of the scariest things you've ever written because i couldn't imagine that happening to one of our kids That'd be, that's super scary. I, I yeah. still get scared when my kids are not with me. If mm-hmm. they're with grandparents or, or if I'm not there and they're just with you, not that I don't trust you, obviously, but I'm just saying, like, that's one of those things. Like, well, if I'm not there and I can't be protecting them, the thing with that this scares movie, the heck though, out of me. Is in both, re- in both the remake and the original, I guess in the novel as well, the parents were there. They just couldn't get there in time. Why don't we talk about the basic synopsis of the movie and then sure. we'll start going into each movie and the differences. Okay. Essentially, so, Pet Cemetery is about a doctor, Louis Creed, who moves to the country in Maine with his wife, Rachel, his daughter, Ellen, or also known as Ellie, and their son, Gage, and Church the Cat, which is short for Winston Churchill. Tremendous. <laughs> so, they move to Maine and once they move in, they realize that the road they live off of, the, uh, these truckers go by constantly flying down the road all day and night. And they meet their neighbor, Judd Crandall. Judd explains, they see a path, and he explains the path leads to a pet cemetery. Uh, it's a path in their backyard. I'm sorry, yes, a path in their backyard that leads to a pet cemetery where local children would go and bury their pets when their pets died. And a lot of times it was because the road took the pets, but not always. Then Church the Cat gets hit by a car. Ellie's away. Well, I guess the it kind of varies. The cat but is the cat, Ellie's, yeah. Yes, the cat is Ellie's cat, and he doesn't want to upset her, so... Who's he? I'm sorry, thank you. Louis, the dad, doesn't want to upset his daughter, so he doesn't really want to tell her. Judd decides to show him about another burial place. Takes him up to a burial ground and... Beyond the pet cemetery. Way beyond the pet cemetery. He has to bury Church there. And then miraculously, Church comes back. Now, Lewis didn't really know what was going on or what was going to happen. But then when he saw a Church back, he realized, but Church was off. Something's not right. Fast forward, now in the book and in the first movie, his two-year-old son, Gage, wanders into the road and gets hit by a truck. He can't cope with this. And so while his wife and daughter are away at her parents, he decides to bring, uh, dig up Gage and bring him to the burial ground to bring him back. And essentially, chaos ensues and... Gage kills everybody. <laughs> well, he tries to. He kills a couple people, including Gage's mother, Rachel. And Lewis, being stricken with grief, tries to bring Rachel back. And the whole 
idea is you'd think after the first time this didn't work out so well, why does he keep doing it? And it's because he keeps thinking it'll be better this time. This time it will work. He has it in his mind. And that's part of the allure of the burial ground is that no, keep doing it. It wants, it's like it, it wants to feed off of that. Um, I guess in a sense, the humans, the souls, whatever it might be. There's also another character, Victor Pascal, who tries to help him. He is a student at the college Lewis is working at, and he gets hit by a car or a truck. And okay, he, you're going all over the place now. N- I'm now, just saying. Now we're, getting all, now we're going all over the place. A you character just went, who tries to help him. Yeah, but you just went, we're going chronologically through yeah. the synopsis of the film, and now you're jumping back to something that happens I towards the beginning. I forgot to mention it. Okay, well, so we'll talk about him, him after. So anyway, Gage goes nuts, tries to or tries to kill everybody, kills his own mother. Lewis tries to goes and buries her in the pet cemetery to bring her back. Not the pet cemetery, the burial ground. Or the burial ground, excuse me. And the movie ends, or the book and the movie end with her coming back to life and him. In the movie, he makes out with her as she's like rotting and decaying, which is just disgusting. Yeah, in the first movie. And then she picks up a knife and kills him. Well, you don't see that though. You don't see it, but she's picking up a knife. So obviously she's going to kill him. That's how the that's how the first movie ends, and I guess the book ends with her just coming back and putting her hand, her cold hand on his shoulder. Yeah. So in the book, you don't know what happens after that point. Mm -hmm. In the movie, they decide to take it a step further and have her. You still don't see what happens. You still don't see what happens, but it's obvious she's picking up a knife. She's obviously going to kill him. As I had mentioned, or as you had mentioned, Stephen King wrote the screenplay for the 1989 Pet Cemetery. It was directed by Mary Lambert. But it was actually originally supposed to be directed by George A. Romero. But I guess the scheduling got uh, for filming got pushed back, so he had to drop out. Yeah, he was making... Uh, what was he making? He was making something else. He was in the middle of making another movie. And I, I, I would be very interested to see how it would have come out yeah. if he had done it. They, they asked uh, Tom Savini to do it too, and he backed out because he was doing something else. Yeah. Mary Lambert was mostly known for music videos. She did a lot of work with Madonna. And she was actually... Like a virgin. Hey! Anyway, (laughs) sorry. She was friends with the Ramones. And that's how they got the Ramones to write a song for the movie because Stephen King is a big Ramones fan. That's probably how she got the director's gig, too. She's like, oh, I can get you the Ramones. Oh, you like the Ramones? Nudge, nudge. I'm buddies with them. Yeah. They'll do whatever I ask. Don't you love how Hollywood works? (laughs) This was her second feature film. The first one was a movie called Siesta, and that had a lot of people in it. It had Julian Sands, Jodie Foster, Ellen Birkin, but I've never actually seen it. I love that. It had a lot of people in it. No kidding. (laughs) Did it? It was just a very great description of the movie. It had a lot of famous people in it. Wow. Okay. So anyhow... So she was mostly known for directing music videos. Yes. Before this movie. Yes. Okay. Dale Midkiff starred as Lewis Creed, and he's been in a lot of movies and shows. Denise Crosby was Rachel Creed. Yeah. The things I've seen, I know, well, we're going to get into that. She was in Deep Impact, 48 Hours, and Star Trek Next Generation and New Voyage. But both Dale and Denise were in a Castle episode. Not together, and a Dexter episode. Not together. Wow! Somebody read IMDb. Huh? I did. Jeez. I can read. Now, my boy, 
Fred Gwynn. He was Judd Crandall. I love this guy because he was Herman Munster. So a lot of people know him from the Munsters and Car 54, Where Are You?, which was a really fun show back in the, I think it was like the really early 60s. But I think a lot of younger people might know him, not too young, but might know him from my cousin Vinny. He was the judge. That's right. He was. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people know of Miko Hughes. That was Gage. And he was, this was his first starring role. Stole the movie. Oh my gosh. He was so good. But he was also in another one of our favorite movies, Kindergarten Cop. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the tip. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. He wasn't, yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And he was also in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And then Ellie Creed was played by, it was twins, Blaze Birdall and Bo Birdall. And I guess it was mostly Blaze doing it, but then Bo would come in and do some smaller parts. Blaze, the only thing that I could find her known for is a TV series called Ghost Rider. And then I have to mention Brad Green Quest as Victor Pascal. He was in Star Trek Enterprise and Deep Space Nine, and he was also in Stephen King's Golden Years. And he was also in a movie I saw called Mutants in Paradise. It looked like we need to watch it. It'll probably be awesomely horrible. Alex is shaking his head. No, no, not at all. Nope. I really like this movie. The first time I watched it, I was nine years old, and it scared the fuck out of me. Okay. What got me the most in that movie was the sister Zelda. Yeah, and that was played by a guy. It was. Right? Yes. Okay. They, yeah. they had a guy. I remember when I would lay in bed at night after watching that movie, I would be petrified that Zelda would appear in my room and crawl up to me. And I don't know what she was going to do, but it was so scary. I was so afraid of her. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, I guess, creepy. I don't know. This movie... I don't know how. Today, Junior. <laughs> Again, like I said before, Miko Hughes, the the two year old Gage, yeah, was the best part of this movie. For to me, the best part of the movie that him and the cat were the best parts of the movie. The girl, Ellie, yeah, annoyed the hell out of me. Just annoyed me to no end. The mother, completely unlikable. Did not like her at all. Didn't feel bad or sorry for her at all. She had like. What I, what I mentioned to you, to me, she had resting bitch face. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they were going for or what. When I first if that's watched, what they were going for, great. Uh, I yeah. hated her. Couldn't stand her. That's how I felt when I first watched the movie. I was like, I don't like her. She just seems like a total cunt. I don't know why you have to get all that explicit with the I, language. I'm trying to Jeez. emphasize how much I disliked okay. her. Wow. But, yeah. But is it, twat uh, better? <laughs> anyway, so why why are you getting so explicit? Just because we gave a heads up warning, you're going to be as explicit as you can be? Is that... You're, you're sitting there I, laughing and smiling. I'm trying to... I'm trying to be... 
conservative with my language a little bit. And you're just like over the top. Oh, we said it's gonna be explicit, so I'm just gonna every possible the I'm worst words I can think of. Honest on how I the, felt. The absolute. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna shock everyone with my language. Why don't you go fuck yourself, dickhead? Is that what you're going for? No. Okay. I'm going with how I feel. All right. And those are words that don't bother me. I don't find them shocking. So any little kids listening, really, really sorry about my trophy wife's language. If you couldn't hear, that was me rolling my eyes at him. Yeah. Anyhow. So yeah, she had, she was very unlikable. Wasn't a fan of her at all. Fred Gwynn, I liked him. I thought he was all right as, as Judd. He he was, seemed to me like the most authentic character in the movie. Like his portrayal was the most most authentic. Excuse me. Yeah, the rest of them. I, the the girl annoyed me. The, the little girl Ellie annoyed me. The mother annoyed me, and the father Lewis. I wasn't a fan of his either. I just didn't. He didn't do it for me. He seemed just very. I don't know. Just very un. I, it just I think so, with Ellie, she's I, very much like a child in how child how children act. They're loud and annoying. I preferred in the remake the character, um, the person who played Elle. I guess her character was less annoying, but w- when you think about it, kids that age are kind of loud and annoying, so it's yeah, more but, true to real life. I guess, but it just annoyed me in the wrong way. We, we have a five-year-old for crying out loud. Like, I know how kids act. It just she was just annoying to me. I don't I don't know. Just completely annoying to me. And and for me the what this movie had going for it, I thought was just the portrayal of Maine in the fall because that's when the movie's supposed to take place. Yeah. You had leaves on the ground. You had just it it well, seemed like autumn. Let's you know? start with the opening credits. Yeah. We watched the movie, the music and the opening credits. I felt that the music gave how can i explain it it was it creating set the mood sus- yeah, yeah it created suspense it made you feel like okay this is creepy and what's gonna happen and you made a comment about the font on the credits yeah yeah the credits the just the font they used yeah it just made it seem i don't know something about that late 70s early 80s or or late 80s font of in movies that they would use it just, I don't know. A little it, more impactful, I Yeah, think. yeah, yeah, for sure. It just makes it seem, I don't know. And the music, too. It's just creepy. Yeah, and, and the music during some scenes, it's almost sweet and lullaby-ish. Yeah. But it also has this drama to it where you feel, it makes you feel like, I'm not safe. Like some, some music in movies, it gives you that feeling of like, oh, we're safe, everything's okay. But this music, when that would happen, was like, okay, what's coming up? What's going to happen next? Because I feel like there's going to be something coming around the corner that's going to scare me. Huh, all right. I I didn't really get that feeling from the music. I I didn't really get that feeling from anything with this movie. It wasn't one of those typical jump scare type movies. But okay, I mean, if that's that's how you felt on it, that's that's good. I guess it's better than it just being blah music. Yeah. So it, yeah, I guess it did kind of set the mood for. It did a good job. Yeah. All right. I also liked the camera angles and the use of light that they used. They set up the scenes very well. Uh, okay, if you say so. <laughs> I I see. I wasn't. I wasn't that impressed with a lot of the movie, especially just. 
that the mother what, what was the actress's name crosby uh, yeah denise crosby yeah, i just wasn't a fan of hers at all and just a lot of the stuff that happened in the movie i'm like what like i don't know just it was pretty just annoying to me it's more annoying than anything go ahead <laughs> you're looking at me funny go ahead what are you gonna say no just i felt that you enjoyed it much more than the remake yes and no parts of it i did parts of it not so much hmm. okay yeah it, it yeah i mean uh, i feel like your point of view changes so we watch this and you're like oh yeah that one's way better i liked this and i like well, this and yeah, i like this and now yeah. we're sitting here talking you're like yeah but I, i've I really had didn't i've like had it. some time to think about it a little bit in preparation for talking about it now, if we would have just hit the record button right after stopping watching the movie, maybe you would have got a different response from me. But upon some introspection, some reflection, I've had a chance to think about it a little. And again, doing some research and reading and stuff like that, I've had a little bit, of, I've changed my view a little bit. That's all. All right. Well, let's talk about more of the characters. Okay. So we don't like Rachel. No, not the, a fan. The mom. We didn't like not her. Not a fan. Ellie was annoying. We liked Gage, though. Yeah, and I thought the kid did a great job. The yeah. uh, Miko. Miko Hughes. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. And, I mean, obviously, he's a two-year-old. Yeah. But when he, at the end of the movie, when he gets all, zo- when he's zombified and stuff, kid did great. Yeah, he did a really good and job. And I guess what happened was, when they were doing a lot of the, the principal photography, when they first filmed the movie, he was like two going on three. He was two when he was cast, then he was almost three when they started filming the movie. And then a lot of the his dialogue and stuff like that, he recorded when he was almost four. Like in post-production, a lot of, a lot of the lines that... It was him saying them, but he was a little bit older. So he was able to enunciate better and, and you know, obviously could say more words and stuff like that. So I thought that was... That kid was great. Like I said, he was the best part of the movie for me. And especially at the end when he, when he gets all crazy and stuff. It's like, oh, he was actually believable as a little two-year-old zombie that could kill you you know it, he did a great job and i thought they shot it well and yeah i just i just thought it, that, that was the best part of the movie for me i liked when he said uh-oh because that's what our little one says yeah, the, yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i was like oh yeah. our two-year-old does that yeah we liked judd's character we liked fred gwynn as yeah judd. i thought he i thought he did great his main accent was awesome yes Yes, it was very good. Very, very authentic. You did not like Dale Midkiff as Lewis Creed. I did. I ah, thought I thought really. he did a better job if comparing to the remake. Uh, nah, not really. No, I, I, he was. I mean, whatever. He was all right, but I just felt like he was very. There was nothing really remarkable about the guy. He didn't. I don't know. He he just yeah. There just wasn't anything really remarkable. I mean, I mean again, that could be just how he was written. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like there wasn't anything. Like I didn't feel bad for him in any way because it just wasn't. I don't know. He just you didn't connect with him. It, nah, yeah. There was nothing about him that made me connect. And I mean, it could have been little things they could have done in my view that would have made me care a little bit more. And again, I, this is my opinion. Everybody, it's not the general consensus or whatever. I, again, my personal opinion, they could have done little tiny things. For example, a two-minute clip of him playing with his son or playing, or reading his kids a bedtime story, just something, anything that would have made him 
connect more with his kids. I feel like there wasn't really much of that at all. He has a conversation with his daughter about dying and death. Okay. Oh, can can we touch on the wife? And so uh, they go to get the cat neutered church. Needs to get neutered so he doesn't run out into the road. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, uh, well, the the whole theory on that is when you neuter or spay your animal, they're yeah. gonna be less likely to wander off because they're not going to look for a meat. So uh, he'll be more oh, okay. apt to stay in the yard. Oh, because right. he's not out looking for a good time. Okay, got it. When Ellie is concerned about church, is he gonna be okay? She wants her dad to promise that church will be fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the wife is like, just just promise the girl. And the look he gives was awesome because I think yeah, if that, you that or good. I ever yeah. got that from the other person, we'd shoot the same look like the go F yourself. Yeah, it's like, how dare you force someone to promise something they have no control over? Yeah, that was, yeah, that, that was, that, that was, was so wrong. <laughs> that was just wrong. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, that I, that I did like when we, we touched on it briefly was the opening of the movie, just yeah. how it opens in the pet cemetery itself. And you see the headstones. Now, here's a problem I have with the entire, with the book, with the movie, the, uh, the original movie and the remake. Why is it called Pet Cemetery? Because everything happens not in the pet cemetery. It happens in the Indian burial ground. It doesn't even happen in the pet cemetery. Alex, because sometimes dead is better. Right. So anyhow, yeah, I just, that was, that was well, the thing. I'm, I, I get it. It's more marketable to say. It, yeah. It, it's obviously. The Mac burial grounds. Yeah. But, but that was the thing. It's like, wait a minute. Because I kept expecting something to happen in the pet cemetery, but nothing did. Everything happens because of what goes on beyond, beyond. it. Yeah. Anyhow. Back to characters. Back to characters. Victor Pascal. I loved this character. I thought he did. He was. Okay. I thought he was much better than the remake. It was like he was fun and freaky. And I felt like he's really trying to help the doctor. I did as well. I thought that the parts where he's kind of comic relief, I thought were a little, they were not necessary. It was just kind of like. I enjoyed it. Uh, all right did we really need to be laughing at this point in the movie like if you watch this in the theater is this like the part where the crowded theater laughs or gets a chuckle out of it i didn't necessarily laugh though i just it's almost like a little smirk inside but you're so wound and wrapped up in what's going on i never felt it was you should be wound and wrapped up in what's going on i can't say that i was but you can that's i guess the goal but i don't know yeah, I, 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 okay. I liked the actor's portrayal. I thought he did a good job. I just don't think that the there wasn't any need for levity in the movie at that point in time. It should have been building towards the finale and and the end. You didn't need the levity for what? It wasn't. I, don't I think know. it's to show that even though he's dead, he still has that human side to him. That's how I'd like to look at it. Okay, that's your opinion. All right. It is. So go ahead. One thing I have a question about is the whole Timmy Baderman. So in in the book and the movie, Timmy Baderman comes back from the dead. He was in the war. He died. His dad was so grief stricken that he ended up bringing him to the Micmac burial ground and he came back, but he was off. And in the movie, he one. He was off. Yeah, he, he was quote, off quote, all right. Quote, off. <laughs> off 
in the movie, there's a scene where he's by like a house or something and he's digging and he has, it looks like a little girl's leg. Like you see the shoe and he's eating it, which makes it seem like he's eating human flesh. But one, is that what that really is supposed to be? And two, if so, how did he get a little girl's leg? Did he kill a little girl and is he eating her? It almost seems like he dug it up from the ground. So why is that there next to a house? Or like, did he like dig it up somewhere else? I don't know. That that I thought was just weird. And not having read the novel to find out exactly what that was supposed to be, I don't have that answer. Yeah, there was a couple of things where you're just kind of like, what What was that about? What was the point? Okay, the the house... The laundry lady. I call her the laundry Missy. lady. Missy. What was the point of her? What was? It? Why was she even in the movie? Well, I guess from just so I, just so they could get the line you cut his nut, cut church's nuts off, or whatever the line was. Like that's literally. Daddy, she had no is sen- church getting his nuts cut off yeah. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like. I don't want church to get his nuts cut, Daddy. Oh God! Where did you hear that? Missy Banchich. Going to get his nuts cut. Yes. Thank you, Missy, for introducing that colorful phrase into my daughter's vocabulary. Don't mention it. She had no purpose in the movie. There was no purpose so for her. So the character of Missy, from what I understand, was a mix between two characters in the book. Okay. But Missy was basically a housekeeper, and she has these stomach pains she's been dealing with for a really long time and ends up killing herself. Yeah, it was cancer. That's the, the note she leaves at the end. Yeah, so she had cancer. So rather than deal with it, have the doctor who offers to look at her and take a look at it for her, she denies it. And, and rather than treat it, she just kills herself. Okay. As okay. she said, it'll pass, always does. Yeah, all right. That, that, like I said, that it made no sense. She was in the movie for what? Five minutes total? Total screen, if that. Mm-hmm. But what was the point of it? It just, again. To show how for what reason? Rachel can't do her own laundry and cleaning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. To make That's me to make me not it. like the the wife even <laughs> yeah, more. Like you, you like, can't do your own laundry. You, can't do your, you have two kids. You can't do your own laundry and clean your house. Like, really? like what do you do all day? Yeah. Just anyway. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I didn't understand the point of her. I don't know if it was what to was introduce death to Ellie. Maybe I don't know. Get that ball rolling. I suppose, but anyway. And yeah, the character really of Rachel of has an issue with death. When she first walks into the pet cemetery, she's uneasy. And then with talking about the cat getting neutered, something to happen. And then when Missy, the character Missy dies, she, she has issues because of her sister Zelda, who died while she was supposed to be taking care of her essentially her parents left her alone when she was what eight years old yeah to take care of her teenage sister who was dying of spinal meningitis yeah and she ended up choking everyone was more so relieved because she was like the family's dirty little secret in the back bedroom right yeah that so that was that was another part of it it was kind of like oh all right when they they show the in laws, and I guess that's the other thing, Lewis doesn't oh. get along with the in laws. Yes, he does not for get whatever along reason. In laws doesn't say why, but they don't, they don't like get along. Him, they don't like him for like. some reason. Yeah, so that was just that whole dynamic was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Just the, oh, and and so before we talk about the funeral scene and that dynamic, I just want yeah. to point out too. So in the movie, Gage runs onto the road, and nobody's paying attention until. Okay, first of all, let me back up. When they first move to the house, 
Gage starts wandering to a road and a truck's coming. Judd is the one who walks over and catches them and warns them about the road. You think they would keep an eye on their kids because of that road. Again, they're playing, they're, some plates blow away, Ellie's talking, everyone's paying attention to everyone but the baby. Judd is the one, don't let him go into the road. And here comes the truck, the truck driver. So this scene is basically what I want to talk about. One, it's frustrating watching, like you know something's going to happen. And it just, even when I was a kid, I was like, why are you watching the little kid? I just didn't understand. And then you have this guy, he's a truck driver. He's listening to Sheena is a punk rocker by the Ramones. And you see Gage, they, they kind of go back and forth between the truck and Gage, wandering closer to the road. There's a scene where he's listening to his music and then he like shifts gears and I don't know, but for me, there was something about that scene where it, it almost like made me more like worried, like he, he has no idea. And it just made it almost more serious, like something really bad is going to happen. And then, of course, Gage gets hit by the truck. They don't show it. You see a shoe. But then what they do is they flash to pictures and they have like this almost like a weird camera kind of sound. And it's like a flash of light and a picture of like Gage, like when he was born and like kind of him growing up in a few pictures. And that that was really hard to watch. I thought that was so impactful with that scene because it makes you realize it's just a two year old kid. It's just a little baby. And what a short life. But how much love like that's your kid. And now your kid is gone like that I don't know for me that was really hard to watch more like even when I was younger but more so after having children I just thought that that was a really difficult scene to watch but they did a really really good job with it where was Pascal cat Pat was his name Pas- Pascal Pascal where was he well he's a ghost yeah he can't do anything about it yeah he's there warning them about all this other stuff in advance why can't he warn them to hey why can't they watch their kids why what where was he saying oh you might want to keep an eye on your kid mm-hmm. might want to watch your kid yeah pascal yeah anyway go ahead <laughs> but yeah so i just i felt like i guess for such a horrible scene because nobody wants to even think of something as horrific as that, like a little kid being hit by a truck, especially like such like he's such a sweet little boy. He's adorable. So I felt that was a good way to kind of like you don't see what happens and they do the flash of the pictures. Instead. It was a good way to represent the yeah. the scene the Thank what you. was going on. Yeah. The Thank death you. of a two year old child. Yeah. You don't need to show it. I think what they did was more impactful and yes, especially for parents. That's kind of one of those. Yeah, that's that's a scary a scary thing yeah. to to think about. So yeah, that that was horrifying. Yeah, you know, especially again watching as a kid, it was bad. But then once you have kids yourself, it, it yep. makes it even worse. Exactly. So uh, then we get to the 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 funeral the, scene. The funeral, yeah, with the in laws. With, with the in laws, the <laughs> the father in law comes up, just starts screaming and yelling at the at the father, and punches him in the face. 
they get into it's a brawl. A, they get into this brawl. <laughs> like, what and is going on? And they knock the casket over. Yeah. So th- I thought that was interesting. Like I was saying to Monique, if that was me, I would I wouldn't just sit and take it. I would be I'd be like bashing him with the wreaths and you'd be like picking up a chair. Picking up, yeah. Oh yeah. Be going right after like what? How dare you come and attack me during my son's funeral? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I, I thought that was a, I thought that part was a bit. But much. But. Yes, but you could also look at it as like people just losing their minds over grief. Like grief causes them to do irrational yeah, and stupid I, things. I guess, but I think it, this was more so the father-in-law needed an excuse and now he had one to go after the son-in-law. Yeah. For Because again, for whatever reason, we don't know. There's no backstory given. There's no background. We have no idea why they don't like each other. We just know they don't like each other because Thanksgiving happens. This is when the cat dies. And he buries him in the pet cemetery is because the the wife takes the two kids to Chicago to to visit the in laws. That's when he goes up to the pet cemetery, yeah. and buries Church he the cat. But he didn't go because he doesn't get along with the in laws. Yes. So how messed up is that? Like you, okay, you don't get along with the in laws, and and you allow the the wife and the, the wife goes takes your kids and goes to Chicago to hang out with them. It's just kind of I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was weird. Mm. Like all right. So he just stays home by himself. I don't know. Just just weird. Was, wasn't a fan there, of that yeah, whole thing. I mean, and there are all different types of families that have different dynamics. Sure. And again, th- it could have been something that was explained in the book and they just didn't get into it in the movie. Well, that's right. I don't with movies, know. there's not enough time. You have to fit things in and squeeze it in for I editing. Guess, I guess. But I mean, what, what was the runtime of this movie? It was just under an hour and a half, right? About that, I believe. Yeah. So you, well, you couldn't put in a 30 second clip of why they don't get along for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. thought that was a little much. Before we go to the remake, was there anything else you wanted to add about this movie? Yeah, the the finish was really. I thought the finish was really well done with the with the with Gage. Yes. Like I said, I thought that whole thing was really really well done. Oh, then the, we got to uh, talk about the um, Judd's death scene because this this was a scene that oh, gets me every time. Grief stricken Lewis bur- uh, digs up his son and buries him on the Mc- in the Micmac burial grounds. Gage comes back. He's sleeping, and while he's sleeping, Gage goes into his room, into his medicine bag, and takes his scalpel. Then he goes to visit Judd Crandall. Now, Judd tried to talk Lois out of doing what he did, and he ended up keeping an eye out on the house, but he fell asleep on his porch, so when he wakes up, he sees these little footprints on his porch going into the house, so he knows Gage is in the house. It's like, how long was this guy asleep for? Well, he was drinking. I know, but he was sleeping long enough for Lewis to go to the cemetery, dig up his kid, bring him back, walk through the pet cemetery, walk all the way to the Indian burial ground, bury him, come back home, pass out asleep on his bed. Well, he didn't realize when this started going on because Rachel called him from Chicago because she was with her parents. She and Ellie went to Chicago after the oh, funeral. Oh, that's the other thing. Ellie having all these dreams. So Ellie's supposed to be psychic. And I picked up on that even when I was a kid watching the movie. I guess they didn't really come out and say it in this movie, but I thought it was pretty obvious she was psychic. Well, she just had dreams where she... she just that's part basically, of being psychic. Yeah, she just sees everything that's about to happen or that has already happened. She knows it. Yeah, yeah she knows. Ellie's having bad dreams. She's having psychic visions basically about these things what's going on what's happening rachel's worried she can't get a hold of lewis she calls judd 
she's and she says I'm you know I'm coming home that's when he goes out on the porch to keep an eye out for Lewis and he falls asleep so he wakes up and sees the little footprints so he knows that Gage is in the house he looks for him he goes into a bedroom and just as he's about to check under the bed church the cat pops out and then that's when it happens. Scalpel to, Scalpel the, to the Achilles. Back, oh, to the back of his ankle. The Achilles Ow. tendon cuts deep in and he rips it out and he's like, ah, oh, he gets on the ground and then Gage slices the corners of his mouth from side to side. And just watching that is so cringe Heath Ledger Joker style. Oh, yeah, it's so cringe worthy. Yeah. Ouch. Like, ah. Uh, yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, that that was such a great scene, though. Yeah, it was. And then the other the other scene, uh, the wife comes back, goes in. She discovers him dead, and then she sees Gage, and Gage ends up killing his mother. Yeah. And again, they don't show that. They don't show it. No. The, the, what I didn't like here's another part that I didn't like about the finish. When Lewis comes into the, he comes into the house, yeah. into Judd's house, and the house is like all changed. It's you know, like it's all. I think that yeah, supposed so, to be Gage is like changing the 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 house, making I it look all dark it, and dreary. Yeah, and almost so like it's weird. So he walks into after. So Gage calls him on the phone. He's like, "Hi, Daddy," and he's like, "I play with Judd, and then I play with Mommy, and now I want to play with you." And so he's like, he knows that bad things are happening. He goes over to Judd's house, and when he walks through the doors. It's like everything's dark and the pictures are crooked and it's like mold or I'm sorry, moss is growing everywhere, like almost swamp type of feeling. And it's like gross inside and creepy. And then it goes to normal as he kind of gets to the stairs. Yeah. I don't know. I looked at it almost like a this isn't really happening like type of thing. Like maybe that's where his mind is going to the dark side of things maybe i don't know i just I thought like it, it looked really cool though no i didn't like it i liked it okay so then the mother dies lewis comes in finds fi- first he kills the cat with like a syringe full yeah, of morphine morphine or, or some whatever some concoction i know Alex kills is the cat. like was that a fake cat because that looks awesome and i guess i, re- I read that it, they just put it under anesthesia. So I told him, he's like, oh, because he's like, that looked really, really realistic. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And then he's basically chasing around Gage with the syringe. And when he kills Gage, when he gets him with the <sighs> syringe in the neck, and, and the kid like, sta- staggers yeah. back and he falls and he, what does he say? No fair. No fair. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no thought that was, I thought that was good. That was, that was that good. That was really good. And, and then the oh. wife dies. But I have to say, like, that scene with Gage, that was, that's so hard because, like, if that was your own kid, even though you know, like, that's not your kid to see him because he's, like, evil child. But then yeah, he, it's and you like see he goes that he back, killed your wife. But then he goes like, back to that sweet, innocent, like, as if that's your boy. Like, How was he sweet, innocent? He didn't when, go back once, to being sweet, innocent. Once he innocent. injected him. He didn't know. He was just dying. He was like dying again for no, the, the but second he time. He looked cute again, and he sounded cute. Uh, okay. I don't know. He sounded I like he sounded like, like a two year old. Yeah, That's, I just feel like that. Which is what he was. Yeah, a but I feel like that might be harder for me. I don't know. Okay. 
anyway and then he sees his well he he saw that his wife died that's when he kills gage and then he decides he's gonna take his wife and bring her to the burial ground and bury her because he waited too long with gage Mm -hmm. that's why he came back all messed up he's got a freshie now if if yeah if he gets her buried sooner she'll come back and she'll be fine in in his crazy warped thinking obviously the guy's been through a, a he's not right in the head at this point yeah. and then uh she comes back and her like the side of her face is all like rotted her eyes like no pussing I think Gage, and, like stabbed her in the eye yeah and, whatever like, it was but yeah. her eyes got like pus leaking out of it and he sees her and he goes up and start they start making out and i'm just like that grossed me out yeah you were gross that yeah. was gross like ah that's just nasty and then she picks up the knife and the movie ends the movie I think is worth seeing just because it is true to the book. So if you're a fan of the book and you've read it and you want to see, and you haven't and you want to see the movie, check it out. Definitely the best parts are are the end. There wasn't really I don't know. I I really like this movie. I liked it when I was a kid even though it scared the hell out of me and I liked it watching it again. All right. So anyhow, why don't we move on to the remake? Cemetery 2019. This was the remake. Now, this was written by, the screenplay was written by two people, Matt Greenberg and Jeff Buller Bueller. I don't know how to say it. Bueller. 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 B-U-H-L-E-R. Buller. Jeff Buller. When I looked him up on IMDb, I really he didn't have a lot under his belt and nothing I knew of. Matt Greenberg did write the screenplays for Halloween H2O, The Prophecy 2, 1408, and Reign of Fire. So those were a few of the films, but he had way more movies under his belt. It was directed by two people, Kevin Colt, K-O-L-S-C-H, and Dennis Widmeyer. Now, these two, it seems that they've worked together on a lot of movies, but not really a lot of films on their resume and nothing I've really heard of. This version of Pet Cemetery starred Jason Clark as Lewis Creed, and Jason Clark, you might know him from Zero Dark Thirty, Winchester, and Terminator Genesis. I thought he was a much better Lewis. I, anyway, go ahead. Keep going. I, okay. keep going. I didn't keep mind going. his character. Just keep going. Amy Seismitz played Rachel, and the only thing I knew her from is Alien Covenant. Jetty or Jete Lawrence played Ellie. She was in Gotham. And Lucas and Hugo Lavoie played Gage, and John Lithgow played Judd. We know John Lithgow from many movies, and he was in a TV show we mentioned here on the show before, Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Now, I have to, I have to be honest. If this movie died, I would not bury it in the Micmac burial grounds. I would not want to ever try to bring it back in any way, shape, or form, thinking that it could come back and be better. Yeah, I, I don't think it was better than the original. I think it missed the... They they did a lot different. They and changed I think things they, around. And I, I don't know. I think they just made it different just for the sake of making it different because I don't think that none of the changes that they made was for the better at all and they gave away one of the big differences one of the big swerves in the trailer like in the trailer you see the girl die Mm. it's like okay and in the trailer they also give away one of the big scenes the achilles slash they give away when it happens so it's like 
I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't a fan of those those choices that they made. A like king this, loved it, so yeah. okay. I feel like this movie but, was full of a lot of bad choices. Yeah, and just other. I mean, if it would have been like a shot for shot remake, I think that the girl, the Ellie, was much better in this movie. The actress, yeah. that the portrayal was much better in this movie. I thought uh, Jason Clark did a much better job portraying Lewis. The wife, I didn't mind as much in this movie. Yeah, I didn't mind her as much. Either. So I feel like the acting overall was better in this movie mm. than in the in the original and and i'm probably gonna get you know buried for saying this but i really liked lithgow better than fred gwynn i i thought his his portrayal of judd was better but i will say that his explanation for being so soft on ellie in this movie was weak it was like a 30 second scene of her dancing like her ballet dance or whatever and all. Oh, she really touched me. Uh, whatever you know what I mean. Yeah. Like for him to be so emotionally invested in this this little girl, you I know, guess, his new neighbor. I yeah. thought it was. I thought that was weak. They could have expanded on that a bit more. I guess in the novel, Lewis Creed didn't have a relationship with his father, so he and Judd really bonded. Judd was like a surrogate father to Lewis. Okay, I could see. So that. that's sure. why he wanted to help in this movie yeah it's like so let's kind of go let's start from the beginning we're getting a little ahead of ourselves so let's start with the opening scene you see a house on fire you see a lead in there's like bloody or dirty footprints and blood uh blood print a handprint of blood on the car and you see the house on fire now that's supposed to give a tiny clue as to the end of the movie but i didn't really pick up on it right and as we discussed, this one's very different from the first movie because they made all these changes. Well, the basic premise is the same. Yeah. They just they changed around a lot, a, a couple of the plot points. Yes. So they have the family come up and they discover... They're from Boston in yes. the remake, not from Chicago. Yep. They're from Boston. They discover the pet cemetery because the daughter wanders down the path and there's some kids carrying their deceased dog into the pet cemetery and they're wearing those weird creepy yeah they're wearing masks. creepy animal masks now i saw this in the preview and i thought oh that's interesting that's kind of different so you would think that something creepy like that there would be more to it but no that's it that's mm-hmm. the only the only part in the movie that you see these kids with the creepy masks this movie did a really poor job explaining who and why I feel like, like, who are these people in the movie and what's going on or why is this happening? They yeah. could have done a better job with that. And, and sorry, yeah. not great, but they say that the pet cemetery is there because the road has taken so many pets and this and that. Yet every time you see a shot of the Creed house, the only house that's even nearby is Judd's across the street. There isn't a house for what appears to be miles. So where the hell are all these kids coming from? Where and why do we never see the kids again? They just everybody happens to know that there's a pet cemetery in the backyard of this one family. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of just a little weird mm. that yeah. they now I can see in the first movie you don't see the kids burying. You just see it's a pet cemetery and people put their pets there throughout the years, and you could tell that's been there for a long time. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, it makes it look like oh. There's tons of neighborhood kids around, and they're all they all wear these weird masks, and they have this crazy ceremony anytime one of their pets dies, mm-hmm. and they have to go bury it. 
but again, never expanded on, never talked about. You never see them yeah. again. It's just and this one thing. And to compare to the other movie, the character of Judd, in the first movie, he talks about how his dog Spot died. This movie, they changed it to Biffer. Now, in the opening scene of the original Pet Cemetery movie, that was on one of the headstones, Biffer, and he had like one heck of a sniffer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. And yeah. Lithgow makes, uh, his character makes, you know, a comment to how Biffer had one hell of a sniffer or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but why, why would you change the dog's name? <laughs> well, again... I- I think they just made changes just for the sake of making yes, changes. Exactly, That's, exactly. Like uh. I said, if they would have done, I feel like if they would have done a shot for shot remake, kind of like how they did, uh, Gus Van Sant did the Psycho remake with Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. playing the Anthony Perkins character. Was it better than the original Psycho? No, not at all. It, it was a more up, updated version with up, updated yeah. actors you know what i mean like they could have done something like that here and i feel like they could have been it would have been better because the acting was so much better mm-hmm. and they could have done the same thing with they could have had the swerve with the with the little girl yeah. dying instead of the little boy because i think that that was better i think uh, again miko hughes did such a great job in the original as the two-year-old zombie kid but i feel like this actress that played ellie in the she in did the, a great she job. did great and I guess from what I read, they wanted to change it so that way you could get a better point of view from that character. Because when you have a two-year-old, two-year-olds can't articulate what's going on. They don't quite understand what's going on. Whereas you have an older girl or an older person. Um, they're still a kid, so they don't understand everything. But they can explain. Like, she talks about what happened after. And, like, she's like, did I die? And she can ask these questions because she can explain what she's feeling and what she's going through. Okay, sure. If that if that was their reason, okay, I, I guess I understand that, I suppose, but I don't know. I just, I feel like it didn't have to be done. I thought one of the clever things that they did in this movie was the scene where Judd is going up in the room towards the end of the movie, and in the original, he gets cut. The Achilles gets cut yeah. from under the bed, and this time, he kicks over the bed, so... You're thinking, oh, here it comes. But actually, if you've seen the trailer, you know when it comes yes. because they give it away it in the freaking trailer. Yeah. Like, what, why would they do that? Another so, thing that was anyhow. different is when they talk about the burial ground past the pet cemetery. They go more into um, what Judd's character believes the reason for it is the Wendigo, which is a Native American demon. Yeah. And this is brought up in the novel. But there is no mention of the Micmac tribe. And I guess from, again, what I read was because they didn't want to be offensive to indigenous people. Oh, geez. Here we are. 2019. We don't want to be offending anybody. I feel like Come this on. movie was much softer. Like, Ugh. I was not scared by this movie at all. And I almost feel like it was like, we don't want to bother anyone by this movie, but we still want to tell the story. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, again, I, I didn't find this movie scary either. Yeah. I mean, we talked but, about, but I, but I, I think the acting overall was better. Yeah, we talked about the how instead of Gage getting hit by the truck, it was Ellie. Yeah. One thing that they did, which was kind of neat, was instead of the truck driver listening to Sheena as a punk rocker by the Ramones, he's getting a text message from Sheena. So it was a little clever, a little clever. Yeah, it was a good, a good way of 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 updating hit, uh, a driver being distracted, yeah. making it a little more contemporary. Sure, I get yeah. that. Uh, what did you think of Pascal in this movie? Okay, so 
I did not like Pascal in this movie. I just, there was a lot less screen time for him. Yeah. But one of the things I liked about the first movie is when you meet Victor Pascal. He was hit by a truck and he's basically dying. You think he's dead. And Lewis is sitting next to him. And then Victor grabs him. And he's like, Lewis. And he's talking to him. You're watching that and you're like, he wasn't dead. He's obviously like, he, he looked dead, but he must not, he must still be alive. But then you realize, okay, no, he, he died. This one, he's obviously dead. And it's like you see the ghost sit up and talk to him. It feels more like this is a dream or a hallucination. Whereas the first movie, it makes you think like, oh, he's not really dead. I feel like another difference uh, in this movie, something that they did a little bit better in, in the remake, I felt they showed Lewis trying to save Pascal. They showed more of it, and yes. it looked like he actually tried harder. Whereas in the first movie, it seemed like he didn't even do anything. Yeah. It was, it was like, okay. Let's give him some air. Let's give him, yeah. It didn't... <laughs> So that was a that was a big difference that I uh, that I thought the the new movie did Especially better. Especially when the whole point is you tried to save me, so I'm going to help you. But when it comes right. to Victor in this remake, here's my thought: because I'm watching it and I started to question what's his motive in this movie. Because in the first one, I felt like he really wanted to help this family. In the for remake, whatever for whatever yeah, reason, because it wasn't really in the remake. I started to question: like, is he? not as good as we thought and maybe the whole point was to get these people in these positions where these bad things can happen i didn't i i honestly questioned that with this character i was like is that a swerve they're going is that victor's not a good ghost and he really wants all these bad things to happen I thought that they did a better job showing Lewis trying to save him mm-hmm. so it would have made more sense for him to be a helpful spirit ghost entity whatever you want to call him it, he wasn't as prominent in this movie you barely saw him at all so it was kind of weird but there was another difference there's a scene where he, he's actually pascal is leading lewis to beyond the pet cemetery basically warning him not to go to the ground is sour right in the first movie he wakes up he thinks, oh, I must have been dreaming. And then he pulls up, pulls up the covers and sees his feet are all muddy and dirty from walking in the cemetery. And it shows him taking the sheets and tossing them down the laundry chute, right? In the remake, same, same scene, same thing happens. He wakes up, notices his feet, and then it just cuts to something else, like him just getting out of bed. And, no, like his wife walks in and he covers his feet. Oh, that's what, yeah, yeah, that's so what So they was. don't show. So they don't show. Again, it's the tiniest little thing, but I saw it and I went, wait a minute. What, so you're not going to take the sheets off? The wife's yeah, not going to notice here, that there's mud the in your bed? You're just going to hide it? Yeah, this what movie the? didn't have Missy, the housekeeper, either. Because the, right. the original, I was like, he takes the sheets and he puts them in the laundry chute. And it's like, oh, so the wife's not going to notice those dirty sheets? And they said, oh, because she doesn't do laundry. That's right. She doesn't do laundry in the original. So in this one, he just... Eh, the, whatever. It's the side of the bed. Yeah, it's, it's okay. My, yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a little... I mean, geez, what does that take? Five seconds to show that him taking the sheets and just like maybe throwing them in a hamper or something, you know, whatever, just something quick. Anyway, that's real nitpicking, but it was a difference that I noticed right away. And one of the changes that really bothered me about this movie was the sister Zelda. First of all, 
I know it's really hard to top the original with that. Uh, that actor did an amazing job, excellent makeup, but I just thought they'd do something better and they didn't. Instead of having this dying sister who can't really take care of herself, it's a sister and they spin it like she's miserable and she wants everyone else to be miserable and she taunts her sister like her younger sister who's healthy and I was like okay that's kind of stupid then instead of choke dying by choking which seems like that could really happen the girl uses the dumb waiter even though she's not supposed to use it Rachel as a child decides I'm gonna use the dumb waiter to bring the food up to her and then she hears a noise and then she opens it and then her sister falls down and breaks her neck and that's how Zelda dies how the hell if this woman is bedridden how the hell did she get out of bed and crawl into the dumb waiter yeah and why would she crawl into the like, dumb waiter <laughs> that's the other it part that has made no, no sense, sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but that's not scary. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And it's completely ridiculous. And it bothers me. Yeah, that's another difference that was a little bit much. And again, why change that? There was no... It just, it just felt like the changes they made... Okay, what, I can see... different. Yeah, I can see the truck driver texting instead yeah, of that's cranking more up the music. modernized. That's, that makes sense. That's a change that actually makes it better, more up-to-date, more contemporary for today's audience. Great. But that these major plot points and things like that, it, it's just, again, it was done just for the sake of being done, and it wasn't done for the better, regardless of what Stephen King thinks. And, and in regards to Rachel and her family, they did a very poor job. You don't see her parents until, you don't hear anything about them right. until the funeral for yeah. Elle. And you just see this older couple, and they shoot Lewis a glaring, dirty look. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. They don't really expand on why there's any animosity so or any ill will it, or anything like I, that. I... Even you said like, okay, who's that supposed to be? Yeah. yeah. Because I remember the first one, I was like, I believe that's Rachel's parents because they don't get along. (laughs) Yeah. But if you have no clue, you wouldn't know who these people are or why they're giving a dirty look. And then after she goes to Boston with them, so you assume that's her parents, but they never really say. That was very poor on their end. Yeah. There was, again, there was a lot of stuff they did that wasn't as good. And again, that's the fault, obviously, of the... Of the filmmakers, whether it be yeah. the producers, the directors, the screenwriters, whoever they, you know. But the, I again, overall, this movie, I liked the acting better, the story not so much. If you put most of the characters, okay. If if you put Lewis, Rachel, and Ellie from the remake into the original, and left everyone else the same, I, I think it, the original might be a little bit better. Otherwise. I got to stick with the original. I did not like this remake at all. I wasn't scared at all. Nothing. And it scared me. Nothing made me feel creeped out. When I laid in bed at night, I wasn't thinking about all the creepy things that happened in the movie because nothing creepy happened. Well, let's talk about the finish of this movie and how it was different. So as we know, and we discussed, Ellie dies in this movie. So Rachel takes... Gage to her parents in Boston. Lewis decides he's going to dig up Gay, uh, dig up Ellie and bury her in the burial ground. He does this and she comes back and it's really interesting because it's not like in the first one where the child comes back and is like just bad and evil. He's happy to see her. She's like his daughter. Everything seems normal. 
But as a little more time goes on, she starts kind of acting out. You could tell something's wrong. And that's when she starts to change, at least from what we can see. So she goes over, she kills Judd. We talked about that. Then Rachel comes back with Gage. She comes home and then she sees her deceased daughter and she's freaked out, which makes sense. She, she, she can tell, she can feel that this isn't her daughter. Well, you could tell by looking at her oh, too. Yeah. She's got the paler, like yeah. almost grayish skin. She looks a little undead. <laughs> yeah. But so she's obviously not very receptive. And she goes upstairs with Gage into her bedroom. We both were like, why would you just not leave? Yeah, why wouldn't you just grab the baby and leave? Like, grab the <laughs> baby the and get the hell out of Dodge. But that did not happen. No. Instead, so, I'm going to go hang out in the room. I guess they wouldn't have the ending they had. But yeah, so she right. goes up in the bedroom. And she puts Gage in his little pack and play gimmick. And she's sitting there. And then she starts. She has these hallucinations about her sister. She hears, like, how she fell in the dumbwaiter, stuff like that. So she's kind of hallucinates and then she ends up falling asleep and dreaming and wakes up. She wakes up and finds Ellie is somehow got in the room, even though she locked the door and is trying to kill her with a knife. So they fight. The same issue I had with the original Pet Cemetery with fighting with Gage and the same I have with this is they're kids. You can overpower them. But in the original, it worked. I don't know how to how to explain it. it just it, you have to see it. It to me it worked. It was believable. This one felt less, abo- it was, less believable. It was believable to me. And yeah, this one I think I think because I think because we both initially our thoughts were why wouldn't you just leave? Why are you going upstairs yeah. and going to bed? I think right away we were like, okay, this is stupid. She's making very so, poor decisions. Yeah. So right away we we're like, okay, that kind of I got. I mean, I, I wasn't really checked into this movie ever, but this really made me check out like, okay. Yeah. I feel like we should just what? rename this version just Bad Decisions because yeah. that's what this movie is filled yeah, with. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so then she fights her off, grabs Gage, and locks herself in the bathroom. Yeah. Because that's even smarter. And she Rather than leave. <laughs> she barricades the bathroom door and Ellie's trying to bust open and get in. She decides to break the bathroom window from the second floor. And Lewis wasn't in the house. He was, I guess, checking on, realizing that uh, Judd was dead. But she's trying to get out. She breaks the window, grabs Gage and yells to Lewis to catch him. Drops Gage out of the window and she's going to get out. Elle gets in. Ellie gets in and stabs her. It like goes right in her spine and everything. And she drops. Yeah. So Ellie basically stabs her to death. But she brings up. This she is a little does more the, mental. She does the stabs her in the side. Yeah. And she twists the knife. Yeah. Which I thought was that I liked. I thought that was a nice touch. Because yeah. yeah just you don't see that in movies too often. At least I, I haven't seen that in movies too often. But it was weird because when Ellie kills Rachel, she talks about how, basically bringing up how she really felt about her sister. Like you wanted her dead and basically almost like makes her confess these things. It's like Ellie knows. And the same thing when she killed Judd, like she transformed into his deceased wife, Norma. She's like, you know, I saw her in hell and you're going to be there. And so she's tapping into either their memories or memories from the deceased. I don't know. 
But so she makes Rachel confess about how she really felt about her sister. And then she stabs her in the side, twists. And then Lewis takes Gage and he locks Gage in the car. And he, he tells the two-year-old not to let anyone in, not even Ellie. And I'm thinking, he's two. Do you really think he understands? So that annoyed me. Allie drags Rachel because Lewis. Oh, so Lewis goes up and he fights off Ellie and Rachel's like, don't let her bury me there. And don't bury me there. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't bury me there. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to be buried there or something. And yeah. Ellie like knocks him over the head and knocks the guy out. So then she Ellie drags Rachel. This like eight year old girl drags this grown woman all the way up to the middle well, of she's nowhere a zombie. in the mountains. She's yeah. got that evil zombie strength. Apparently. Now. And drags her up there and buries her. So then Rachel comes back. And you have this epic... Well, well the the husband, Lewis, yeah. comes to... He's all groggy, but he sees the footprints. He sees the blood trail of the, the, the wife getting dragged away. And so he follows up. He know, he figures, oh, she's bringing her to the burial ground. So he run, gets there. He sees her. Now, he doesn't see the wife because she's already been buried. Yes. But he starts going after the L after the daughter yeah, after Ellie. and he and he goes to kill her and he's about to kill her he's about to decapitate her with, with a, a shovel. shovel and then he gets bam he gets stabbed through the chest with a crucifix by the he now gets speared with a spear yeah he gets yeah exactly by his now reanimated wife Rachel Rachel so the finish of the movie now is you see all three. Well, they then take him up well, the, and they bury him. Well, they're him. already there. Yeah, but no, he gets killed. So they're in the pet cemetery, not at the burial ground. So they drag Lewis up. They bury him in the burial ground. And the, then you see uh, the three of them coming back. They burn down Judd's house. Yep. And they're coming back to the house. And you see the three of them walking towards Gage in the car. You see Gage wake up. And then he sees his family, who's really dead in... They're all, from the dead. They're all surrounding the car. And then Lewis comes up and he's like, you know. Screen goes black and you hear the, the sound of the car. Like the, the door unlocking. Yeah, un, un, the door unlocking and then credits yeah. roll. So yeah. you you obviously are left to feel like what happens? Yeah. Like d- what's going to happen to this kid? I guess the foreshadowing is you see the footprints and the little bloody handprint on the car and that's supposed to say that they got him too. I, I guess. But it's... It's not really yeah. clear, but I guess on the Blu-ray version, there is an alternate ending, which we did not see because we watched this streaming. So there is an alternate ending, which was not a happy ending either. I don't know what that alternate ending was. Yes. But that's what, that's that's the scuttlebutt. I guess if we cared enough, we would have found I'm it. I'm never going to watch this movie again. No. I really don't care to. Nope. I'm not going to watch the original again. I really oh, don't care to. I'll watch to. the original yeah, again. I, really I liked c- it. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, if you're going to watch one, watch the original. Yes. But the acting in the characters I felt were better in the remake, but the story not so much. I think you have more likable characters in the remake and that was the problem with the original is we just didn't like these characters, like their portrayal. Yeah. So that was uh that was Pet Cemetery. Do you have anything else you want to add? Anything uh, we didn't cover or talk about? I feel like we missed a lot of stuff, but it, it's so hard not to go everywhere because there's so much with both of these movies. But overall, I just, I guess the remake I found very disappointing. 
and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I think we're probably going to see a lot more Stephen King remakes, especially off the success of It. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll probably do a couple more of these uh, movie reviews and comparisons in the future. And we'll get better with them. <laughs> Hope yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening uh, this week. And Monique, if people want to find us on social media, say Twitter, for example, where would they be looking? At Homewrecker Pod. What about Instagram? Homewrecker Podcast. And don't we have a website? We do. It's www.homewreckerpodcast.com. And as always, if you like what you heard, if you like listening to the Homewrecker Podcast, go ahead and run over to iTunes and subscribe. And leave us a five-star review. And tell a friend. Get that word of mouth going. Yes. We're we're all about the grassroots growth and movement over here at the Home Record Podcast. Word of mouth, baby. Yes. Until next time, it is the season to be watching scary movies. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should do another comparison like review next week? I don't know. Maybe because I was thinking about it. Because now, like I said, I'm in the I'm in the horror movie mood. This is the time of year. I'm thinking maybe Halloween. Because there's we could do John Carpenter's Halloween and then the the Rob Zombie remake. There's a possibility. Hmm. There's also the Nightmare on Elm Street. We could do the original and then the remake, which <sighs> I've never seen the remake. I'm not a fan of remakes though. Reimagining, if you will. Yeah. There's also the Friday the Thirteenth. Again, didn't see the the remake. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. These are just some things we're throwing out there. What do you think for next week? I guess. Uh, why don't we make all the listeners wait and see? They'll have to tune in. All right. So tune in next time to the Homewrecker Podcast to see. What Halloween movie we're going to watch the original of and also the remake or reimagining of and get our reviews and our and that's comparing even if we and do contrasting. That. And that's, yeah, that's even if we do that. It'll be something Halloween themed. Yeah, we, we got to keep that going. horror movies Yeah, something. of course. So if we don't talk about horror movies next week, we'll talk about something creepy or weird or supernatural. Yeah. But until next week, I am the Golden Greek Alexarion. I've been joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, amazing, gorgeous, potty-mouthed trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. Sometimes dead is better. (laughs) 